0: won't blow out my throat. You know what I'm saying? So 1 Samuel chapter 17. 17, We're going to take a look into the Word of God, and I am going to preach on some things that I think are very, very important in the life of each and every believer, especially in the day and age that we are in right now, okay? Especially in the day and age that we're in right now. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to start off with verse number 42. Look what the Bible says. It says this, And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, I am a dog that thou comest to me with staves. The Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou come unto me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And here's the verse. Listen now. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword sword. And spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. This morning I want to preach on this thought, this subject. Listen now. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. Now let's just be honest. A lot of things that have happened in our country and really throughout the world have been implemented to the point where people are fearing things today. They're scared. They're scared of this. They're scared of that. They're scared of covid. They're scared of uh, uh, of the variances. They're scared of whatever it may be. And listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. You say, well, should you get the vaccine? Shouldn't you get the vaccine? Everybody asks me that. I get that all the time. I'm going to tell you how it goes. It is a personal medical decision, period. It is a personal medical decision. So if you're going to approach me and say, Brother Pat, do you think I should get the vaccine? I'm going to say it is a personal medical decision. Do you see what I'm saying? It. Hey, but today people are afraid of everything. Whether they get this, whether they get that, or whether this is going to happen, or that's going to happen. What's going to happen in Madison? Are we going to have crime go up? What's going to happen in Chicago? Is it going to go crazy? Are we all going to be okay? Is it going to be all right? And we're fearing for our lives right now over everything. We're fearful. Well, I I, I want to propose to you, why don't we put our faith... Over the fear. Faith over fear. We're going to talk about that. Father, thank you for this time that we have, these few moments that we have to share the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would have your will and way. And Father, I pray that something would implement within us. For those that are dealing with insecurities and troubles today and, and, and issues today with the craziness that's going on. Father, I pray that our faith would step up. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Bless this message. I give you all the glory. I'm not worthy of any of it. So we just give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I I, I love this story, David and Goliath. Many of us are so familiar with it. But when I read this, I realized what happened. Goliath walks out, he sees David. David. And I'll be honest with you, I think Goliath was insulted when he saw David. The Bible says it disdained him. He saw that he was but a youth. But he was ruddy. And what does David, what happens with Goliath, what does Goliath do? Goliath throws on the intimidation thing, right? So he starts coming out. He's going to act all macho. He's going to try to scare David. And what does he do? He says, look at verse uh, uh, number 43. It says, and the Philistine said unto David, I am a dog that thou comest to me with saved. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And then he goes on, the Philistine says, said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. See, like as if this big giant of a man is looking at David and he's going to scare him. He's going to put fear in him. As if he's going to turn around and run away. But here's this ruddy youth kid, teenager, I love. I love the idea, of a teenager standing up to something. Standing up to something right. Boy, if we had more teenagers today that would stand up for integrity and honesty and purity and for something that is right today, we could change America for the glory of God. Here's this little... Uh, person thinking that uh, David or Goliath thinks he's going to chase David away. But David isn't even remotely bothered by it. What does David do? Look at first number uh, 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 45. It said, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. He said, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast to fight, And then David just goes ahead and gives uh, Goliath back a little taste of his own medicine. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. then I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines to stand unto the fowls of the air, to the beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then I really love this next verse. Because what it says, it says, and all this assembly shall know, the Lord saveth not with sword and spirit, for the battle is the Lord's. Can I tell you something? This fear that's in America today and what's going on in America today, if there's ever been a time for the believer to stand up for God, it's right now. Because it's not our battle, the battle is the Lord's. It's the Lord's battle. And they're watching us and they're seeing how real this thing is in us. And they're checking us out and wondering if we're going to walk around in fear and wondering if we're going to make it. Are we all going to be okay? Hey, in this day and age, can I tell you something, friend? God's got it all under control. God's not up in heaven trying to figure it out. He's not up in heaven saying, Oh, the gas prices, oh, what am I going to do about that? Oh, my word. Pat McCluskey's trying to fill up his motor coach. I don't know if I can take care of that. God's got it all covered. I can't remember a time in my life, Pastor Howell, that God didn't take care of the needs we needed. I didn't take care of all my wants. Dude, I got a lot of wants. I can lay them out. But can I tell you what's going on? Is that what we've done? Is we've gotten so comfortable and so we, we've been so cared for by everything around us that if one thing goes wrong, we think God has failed us. When the reality of it is, God can I tell you something? God's, God has taken care of a lot of our wants, He always take care, takes care of our needs. I got to thinking about. What happens here, of course, you know the whole battle. David, uh, uh, Goliath, I can only imagine him running towards David and thinking David is going to turn around and run the opposite direction, but David didn't. Of course, David has the sling. He's got a stone. Swinging that sling, he lets go of that stone. And personally, I believe God managed things from there. I think God guided that stone right where it was supposed to go. I believe that with all my heart. And then I'm, this is just a thought, okay? I'm just wondering if when that stone came to where it was supposed to be, if God just gave a little tap on the back of Goliath's head (laughs) to help lodge that stone there. You know what I'm saying? The Bible does say that he fell forward. Interesting, isn't it? You think about that. Maybe God was just doing the maybe God wasn't necessarily guiding the stone, maybe he was just guiding the head of Goliath. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know what I mean? But God had it all under control. David didn't even have a sword. Whose sword did he use to take the head of Goliath? Goliath's sword. It's amazing how God supplied all of the needs that David needed even as a teenager. Even as a youth. God wants to do the same thing for you and I. The difference is, is what are we willing to do for the Lord? You say, what are you talking about? I'll give you an idea. Second Chronicles, verse number, or chapter number 7, verse number 14. Many of you are familiar with this. It says this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, think about that verse for a second. Let's break that verse down. If my people, is God not talking to you and me? Is that commuting, communicating with you and me? If my people, which are called by my name, are you not called by the name of the Lord? Which are called by my name. And then God tells us what to do, doesn't he? Shall humble themselves. What a concept. Humble themselves. What else does it say? Uh, shall pray. Shall seek my face. Shall turn from their wicked ways. Then God says, OK, you do that and then I'm going to handle the rest. Look, look what, what the rest says this. It says this. It says, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You see, there's a part that is our responsibility, and there's a part that God will take care of. You say, what are you talking about? I'll give you another thought. The Bible says, and I believe it's Proverbs chapter 3, it says this, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Listen now. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. You know what I find? I find God telling us what we need. I just used the last verses that I just quoted for that very thing, although it's all through that chapter. He says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, my responsibility, and lean not unto thine own understanding, my responsibility not to lean on my own. Hey, I'll tell you what, if America could get rid of some of their own understanding and all of its ways acknowledge him, we'd have a different country. And then God says, let me handle it from here, and he shall direct thy path. You see, God's got something he wants to do, but we've got to do our part too. Now, when it comes to salvation, that's taken care of 100%. God took care of it all. All we just need to do is receive. He's given us a gift, just receive that gift. I'll talk about that in a minute. But there's so many verses like that. Psalms chapter 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He's telling us what to do. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. We've got to be careful what we're listening to or in front of all the time that is influencing us. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Ooh, Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And then it goes on and says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, right? Then God says, now let me handle it from here, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, if you'll notice something, I think in my prayer I mentioned this, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing By the Word of God. Can I tell you what's going on? Half of us have trouble when it comes to the Word of God or getting into the Word of God. So, what we're doing is we're fearing instead of faithing. Because the Word of God is what helps instill or grows our faith. See what I'm saying? By the way, it talks about prosperity in there. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know, it's more than having a house. It's more than having a car, more than having a good job, more than having money in the bank. You know what it is? Prosperity is having a peace in your heart that the world can't give. He said, what are you talking about? When I was in the hospital with COVID, it was on July 4th where I knew something was wrong that evening. We were in a church in Michigan Sunday morning. They had a Sunday afternoon patriotic concert we did in the church after lunch. And what happened was, is that evening after we were done with the service, I felt great. After the service that evening, we went to the fireworks with my daughter and my son-in-law, my grandkids, two of my grandgirls, and I started feeling chilled, started coming on sitting out there in July, on the 4th of July. Okay, you ready for this? It's 80 some odd degrees in Michigan. And I'm wrapping myself up in my jacket, thank God I brought, and would have been happy to start grabbing people's blankets that they were sitting on. You know what I'm talking about? Excuse me, I know you're sitting there on that blanket, but I'm freezing to death. Can I use that, please? You know what I'm talking about? Because the covid was coming. I didn't know that. I didn't even think about it. Good night. We've been traveling all across the country. Didn't have any trouble with this thing. Eight days later, it's not going away. My wife looked at me and she said, honey, you need she. She had already dealt with it. I remember the morning she woke up, turned, looked at me and she says, you know what's happening? I said, what? She says, you gave me covid, I think. That's how it works with wives and husbands. It's, it's always the husband that did it. But anyway. <laughs> She's three days later, man. She's feeling great. I couldn't get over it. She talked me into going to the emergency room. I don't do that. I was out of my medical network. We're from Indiana. I'm in Michigan. Went in the emergency room and said, I don't know what's going on. Of course, they began to handle everything from there. I was taken back into the ER room there. They pulled the curtains, and they probably checked me for COVID at least four times. They kept on coming back. We're going to do this again, okay? And I was thankful they didn't take the little thing and stick it inside of my brain. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you've been there or not, but anyway. I said, you can do that, but you're not sticking that in my brain. I told them that. They checked and checked, and sure enough, man, it was like every time. Positive, positive. They had stuff that could take care of that right away. And I said, what's going to happen? He said, you're going to have to stay. Took all the x-rays and everything. The doctor came in and said, you got COVID pneumonia. I said, really? He said, yeah. And I said, okay. You know how it was, you know, that fatigue. My wife said, I remember my wife, even while, during the week before I went in the hospital, I said, honey, can you tell me what time it is? And like said, can you tell me what time it is? She said, I don't have my phone. You have your watch on your wrist. I said, I know, but I don't want to lift my arm. You know what I'm talking about? They kept me in the hospital, and they said, you need to get something injected in you. I said, well, give me whatever you give the President of the United States. You know what I mean? I said, that's what we're going to do. I was two days in a regular room. The doctor came in the second day and said, if you don't get any better, we're going to have to take you to ICU. They were doing x-rays every day, and the next day they came into ICU. matter of fact, he told me, you need to consider going on a ventilator. Once again, personal medical decision. I said, I'm not going on a ventilator. That was my personal medical decision. I'm not going on. He says, you need to consider it. I said, nope, I'm not. I don't want to go on a ventilator. I'm just not going to do it. That was me. Next day, you got to go to ICU. They took me to ICU. Things were declining. I remember sitting in ICU that first night, and I couldn't breathe. Had massive oxygen running through my body, high flow oxygen on my face, everything. And I'm just trying to get a breath. That was me. Everybody's different with this thing, by the way. Everybody's different. Different DNAs. And I remember talking to the Lord that night in the middle of the night. And I said, Jesus, if you decide to take me home, I'm fine with that. Can I tell you something? When you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior... When you've received him, as the Bible says in the Romans chapter, tw- uh, chapter 1, verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even them that believed on his name. When you do that, and you know there is a peace that passes all understanding right then, right there. Things obviously began to get worse and began to get worse doctor kept on telling me I needed to consider a ventilator, I would not do that. I know you as a church were praying for me, and some of you, m- many of you, went the extra mile and helped us. We weren't in meetings. We were trying to financially hold things together. When a, when evangelist isn't in a meeting, he doesn't get a salary, and you all were kind enough to help us, and I'm thankful to you for that, sincerely, from the very bottom of my heart. And obviously, God took care of things. But I remember about the third night I was in ICU for five days, I was in the hospital for 13 days total. I remember a, one particular evening, a young lady by the name of Chloe was a nurse's assistant. I needed to use the bathroom, but I couldn't hardly move. And I rung the, the nurse's thing. She came in, and she was so sweet. She'd come in, and she'd said, How's my favorite patient? (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, you are so sweet, but I'm sure you tell that to everybody. (laughs) And I said, Chloe, I need to use the bathroom. Can you help me in there in the bathroom? She goes, Oh, no, 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 we can't do that. And she pulled out one of these portable potty things. And I'm like, No way. Let me tell you something. When you're in ICU, throw your dignity out the window, okay, because that's where it's going. Now, this was a very serious moment because I began to cry. Tears were running down my face. I said, if you'll help me, I'll walk my way over there. Just close the curtain. Leave the room. She said, no problem. Just ring me when you need me. I went there and actually had to sit down. And I didn't realize that the very thing that's underneath you is something that they can slide out so it's not sealed. And the body bodily fluids that were in me with that facility were coming all over the floor. I'm just being perfectly honest with you. I'm crying. coming on the floor, and I thought, "Oh no work my way up out of that chair. My hospital socks that I had there were getting all wet. I sat back in the other chair. I slept in a chair for 10 days. I wasn't going to lay on my back. Told not to. I'm sitting there in that chair, and I rung the bell. She come in. I said, Chloe, I'm so sorry in tears. I said, I made a mess. She looked at me and she said, Mr. Pat, you don't have to worry about anything. She says, I'm here to take care of you. I remember her saying, I'll be right back. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. I'm crying. She left the room. She came back in with two buckets. She set one off to the side. This young lady was twenty years old. And she got down on the floor and she began to clean up that mess that was on the floor. She cleaned up that my mess. And then after she was all done, she came up to me with the other bucket. She looked up at me and I said, I'm so sorry. She said, you don't need to worry about anything. I got this taken care of. I got it all covered for you. And she began to pull those wet socks off my feet. She took a rag and she began to wash my feet. She's was washing my feet all up. Got them all clean. She took another towel and she dried them all off. She took those hospital socks, clean ones. She put them back on my feet. And then she went and she got this blanket that was one of these warm blankets. Is that a heat, a warming bin? And she brought that out and she laid it over the top of me. I'm just crying. She wrapped it around my feet. And she said, are you better? She says, nothing else matters to me right now but you getting better. Are you okay? I'm crying. I said, Chloe, I'm fine. I said, I don't know how to say thank you. She says, don't worry about it. I'm here to take care of you. And I began to think about my Savior. I began to think about all the times that I would worry. I began to think about all the times that I'd be afraid or fear. I began to think about all of the times when I would catch myself in a position wondering if he would take care of me. And yet he would always be there saying, Don't worry. I got you taken care of. I remember the times when I would make a mess. God say, no problem. I'm going to take care of this. And he would clean up that mess. All God is saying is, put your faith in me, not in everything that's around you. Because I've got it all under control. Faith over fear. Can we stand together, please? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Our pianist is making her way over to the piano. I want to ask a couple of questions while our heads are bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally. Maybe you've never trusted him as your personal Lord and Savior. Pastor Howell is making his way to the front. You say, Brother Pat, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm on my way to heaven. I, I, Brother Pat, I get fearful. I get scared about my very salvation. I, don't, I think I might be saved. or Brother Pat, I, I don't know if I'm saved. Would you pray with me about my salvation? Now, I won't embarrass you. I won't come to you. I won't call your name. I just want to pray for you. Pray with me about my salvation. Would you slip your hand up? Pray with me about my salvation. I'm not sure. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Maybe you've been one of those folks, like really anybody would be who've been a little bit afraid and looked at the circumstances around instead of what God wants to do to make sure you you feel that peace, that inner peace. Here's what I'd like to do in just a moment. I'm going to pray. And after I'm done praying, the piano will begin to play. And when that piano begins to play, if you don't know